0: Welcome to That NAMS Podcast, a podcast produced by the New Anglican Missionary Society for those that have a heart for or are interested in church planning, discipleship, and world missions. On this episode, Servant General John Schuler shares more about the history of the King of Kings church plant in Charlotte, North Carolina, while also recounting some of its early challenges. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to That NAMS Podcast. This is podcast number. 34. My name is John Schuler, and I'm glad to have you with us. We're going to continue today the story of the planting of King of Kings Anglican Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, a work that began in the year 2000, and the growth from that one church plant of a network of new Anglican churches called the King's Mission Network. Last week, I I um, gave you a little summary of how we got to Charlotte and how we ended up in a location in a portion of the greater metro region of Charlotte called... South Park and how we were blessed by God with starter families that lived in Charlotte who wanted to be a part of our work and how we began a series of training sessions each week and began to get to know one another with everyone called and encouraged to share and tell their friends and acquaintances that we were beginning a new work uh, and inviting others to join us. Well, At that season in American, North American history, there was a great deal of unease in the Anglican church that existed at that time, known as the Episcopal Church. And the Anglican mission in America, which had begun as a breakaway group planting new churches around the country, was under a cloud of suspicion. And yet there were just many, many people in every metropolitan uh, city in America who were dis encouraged Episcopalians and were looking for something different. So we began to get new additions, and um, and that was encouraging. We were planting from scratch, or as some people would say, we were a parachute drop in that we did not have a, a deep level of understanding or commitment to what we were doing. And so we were a little desperate to add people whenever they showed up. We wanted them to come back. Well, on our first or second uh, Uh, opening worship time, we had a family that had come to us very recently before our first service, and they presented themselves as Christian musicians who were accustomed to leading contemporary Christian worship music. And so without ever having heard them, which is my error, they were the musicians for our opening service and for our second, probably our third week. But it became very, very clear to me that they were incapable of being taught. They had very fixed ideas. They were very resistant to understanding the DNA that we were trying to impart, a DNA that focused on making disciples, who could make disciples, and raising up leaders who would be disciple-making leaders, and then in time sending leaders to start new churches that would be disciple-making Anglican churches. Well, when I intervened and said they would need to step down, they stepped down immediately. They resigned in a huff, and it left me the following Sunday with no musicians. I think that's the nadir of my experience in Charlotte, because we went into that service to have an Anglican liturgy with no musicians. But I was unwilling not to sing the Lord's praises, so I brought a boombox and a contemporary worship CD, and we had uh, the Word of God preached and the liturgy uh, celebrated in that RTS chapel with a boombox and contemporary Christian songs. It was pretty, pretty painful. But God intervened, and I want to point out to you how, if you don't know this already, how wonderfully God intervenes when his people are doing or seeking to do what he has commanded, it is Jesus who commanded us to be disciple-making people. Go and make disciples, Jesus taught. And he, he gathered those who first came to him with the words, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And that was our heartbeat and our desire. And the Lord knew us to be praying day by day by day, that he would grant us laborers, that others would be raised up who would join us in the work. We had begun to pray diligently uh, from the scripture that is recorded for us in Luke chapter 10, verse two, that we are to pray to the Lord of the harvest, that he would raise up laborers to go into the harvest. Well, God in his mercy raised up a musical leadership for us. On the very first Sunday that we had public worship, a young student from Davidson College drove 30 minutes from her dorm or her apartment, I'm not sure which, to be with us on the first day that we had Sunday worship, Hannah, dear Hannah. And Hannah told me there's a wonderful Christian event that's occurring on the campus of Davidson. There was a Monday night service of worship and prayer at 10 o'clock in the evening, Monday nights at Davidson College, and there were two young, beautifully gifted musicians who were leading it. Maybe we could get them to come and lead worship for King of Kings. Well, I went out to Davidson. I went on a Monday night and was astounded, astounded by the hand of God that was on those two musicians and that gathering of students, gathering every Monday night in the chapel at 10 p.m. And when invited, they both agreed to come and lead our worship, which was, by the way, at that time happening at five o'clock on Sunday afternoon, because there was another church planning group using the RTS chapel in the morning. Well, when those two dear young brothers came others began to come from davidson students at first and then in time adults and and even as i recall one family with young children and we got a tremendous boost um from from a place a completely different town a completely different part of the great charlotte metro region uh, from which we were based and so the idea that something wonderful was going on in Davidson was growing in us. At the same time I had invited a young youth worker then working at All Saints Church in Polly's Island, South Carolina named Alan Hawkins, today a bishop in the Anglican Church of North America. I had invited Alan and his young family Uh, to be a part of what we were doing. Alan had decided that God was calling him to the ordained ministry of the church. God had placed in his heart a desire to be a church planter. He had applied and been accepted at RTS Charlotte to study theology, and so I offered to make him an intern at King of Kings. Uh, If he would give me 10 hours a week uh, to work alongside, I would I would provide him with $15,000 toward his RTS education. Well, even when I say it out loud now, all these years later, I realize what a good deal I gave him. But he and his dear family added to our our mix very quickly, a, a, a tremendous gift. Alan and I would meet most weeks for several hours to talk and pray and strategize. And Alan and his family would be a part of the Sunday uh, service, and Alan frequently would take part in the leadership of that service. Well, when a- when Alan and his family overlapped with the people from Davidson, it was only a matter of time before the idea was born in Alan's heart that he might be the right man to start a church in Davidson. And so having come with the conviction that it is right to send those the Lord calls when the Lord calls them. We com- concurred and announced that we were going to, that Alan and A.K. and Joshua were going to go to Davidson, even though still students at RTS, and begin a fellowship of Anglicans in Davidson that would begin as an out ministry or an outreach ministry of King of Kings, but would have in its own heart a desire to grow into a self-sufficient congregation. Well, the Sunday that Alan and his family left, there were 48 of us worshiping at King of Kings at five o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. And 17 people, three of them, the Hawkins family, plus 14 others, the following week, Started worshiping in Davidson, North Carolina. So we went from being 48 with a pretty exciting sense of of energy and future and worship, and and um, and life and vision, and suddenly we were 31. And the young the young musicians that were helping us began to be divided. They would help us one time, then they would help in Davidson one time, and it was very, very quickly that they decided that worshiping where they lived and where they were students made a lot more sense to them. And they left us. And I have to say that that was the toughest year we ever faced. I said last week that from the launch we grew and grew, but in the year that I'm now describing, we grew from 31 to 32 in one whole year of effort. Well, our time's up. We'll pick this up next week. I hope it's being helpful to you if you are a church planter or if you are feeling called to church planting. Remember, the principles are universal. The stories are particular. God bless you. I hope you'll join us next week. If you enjoyed this week's episode of That NAMS Podcast, please rate, comment, and subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're using. Also, if you would like to get in touch with us or want to learn more about NAMS and our mission, please visit us on our website at namsnetwork.com. Thanks for joining us, and God bless.